morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Y2K! Y2K! Oh no! Think of like the dumbest cave troll that you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, Bandit Radio Hour. Yep, we're doing it. Sunday night. No, it's not Sunday night. It's Monday night. I work today. Wow, I'm really off. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is still cool as shit and fun as hell to do. Uh, I'm here with Merce. How are we doing, Merce? Doing all right. Dude, you legitimately have a farm around your house. Yeah, it's only a matter of time for all goes wrong, but... Like, like you got legitimate rows of blueberries. I saw it before the sun came went down today. You got a small watermelon field. Like, it's all small, but it's like a legit farm like it's a legit real deal congrats country boy can't survive yeah with the acid sulfuric acid hey don't tell all my gardening secrets but you, you did last episode okay true but <laughs> just, just a little bit of sulfuric acid. i was really surprised you did but i was like whatever fda ain't gonna listen to this maybe Hi, it's guys. a recommended practice you can google it anybody got any questions google sulfuric acid and blueberries mm-hmm. You don't just go slinging the sulfuric acid that gets get, in trouble. Get Jethro Tull's opinion on that. Mm. Um, but I digress. Uh, but but it's, it's pretty clear. I, I am not an organic farmer. So, dude, are you still doing melons for the Turners? Uh, yeah. Actually, I'd go tomorrow. Oh. Help them spray. Dude, you're a helper. Why? What? No, 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 no. Just saying you're a helper. You're helping people. That's not. I expect you to just be like, no, I finally decided to take like two weeks off and not do jack shit except what I want to do. No, that's not. No. Nope. No, no. But when you said, "Oh, I thought you were going to ask me to help you," and no, then... not this time. Not, not until I think of something. Eventually, hang gates. But that'll be like a Saturday, and I don't know. I'll buy you some brewskis or something. Um, but... Oh, I don't want to. I, I want two weeks off. Yep. <laughs> no. But anyways, yeah, dude. Uh, so you just been what doing more spraying, more. But what? It's uh, well, I've been uh, actually just like I said, planning. Finally got all my blueberries and everything planted. I've actually got water and irrigation running right now. And then uh, no, then tomorrow, helping them spray their melons, get everything. And then hopefully, then I'll have a day or two to get everything mulched and finished. And Right. What are you spraying on their melons? Just fungicide and stuff? Just sunshine and love. Okay. Just yeah. sunshine and love. Yeah, just totally <laughs> organic, non-GMO, sunshine and love. And rain. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Anyways, eat Florida watermelons. <laughs> yeah, they are delicious, and uh, that's the best way to grow them. No, dude, I've been. Uh, I got the rhinoceros running again. The giant enclosed tractor that has no, absolutely no air conditioning. Uh, been having that spray. I've been fertilizing and herbiciding. I, I feel your pain because two weeks ago I had to spray, and uh, when the tractor I was had the air conditioner went out. Um, and I'm, you know, spraying, so I don't want like the. Yeah, you, you, you I didn't want everything the, open, so everything was closed in. I just open it all and bathe in the herbicide. Oh, no, it just, no, I'm just kidding. FDA, I'm kidding. Don't come after me. It was, it was warm. Yeah. It was warm. Dude, today was hot. Today was quite, like, like not like middle of July, I'm dying, but it was hot today. The rest of this week, like, it's already in the 90s. Yeah, it's going to be in the 90s the rest of the week, and it will not rain. I got an argument with a British chick, and I was like, I know that y'all do Celsius or whatever, but it's 90 degrees here, and that's hot. And she goes, we do Fahrenheit, too. We're not Europeans. I go, ah, all right, duly noted. Well, and it's uh, always raining there anyway. Yeah. They don't, know, they don't even know what a sun is. Yeah. They call, like, tropical, like, Spain. We're like, whatever. Uh, anyways, talking shit. I like doing it. Nah, dude, so I've been, I've been doing spraying, uh... 
I, I did have one interesting thing happen besides watching a spider kill a grasshopper that was pretty metal. Um, I'd, you know, like it's a bad drought right now. Busy, busy work day. I saw. <laughs> oh, I was getting, dude, I was getting a gate and he was on a fence post and like the, the cricket was like bigger than the, the bigger wolf spider bigger. And like he had its head ripped off and he was just kind of like looking at me and every move I made, like he kind of like, I, I had respect for him or her. Hey, I don't know the gender. Uh, like it's kind of like backing off with like both halves and it's like, this is mine, bitch. I fought for this. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to fight you, but I will. And it was like on the post, I had the chain to the gate wrapped around. So I'm like, I'm going to be careful. Not cause I don't want to get bit. Cause you just got like a big meal or whatever. I don't want to ruin your day, man. Good, good for you. Took the chain off, opened it, whatever. But no, besides that, uh, on a little bit more exciting nature is metal. Uh, no, pretty sure, uh, alligator ate part of a calf. Um, cause part of my job right now is riding around checking our watering holes, which are ponds that are dug and making sure they still got water in them. And they're like deep and most of them still, most of them still have water in them. Some of them, it's for, some, there's like one that has none. Some are really shallow. Others are pretty good for right now. They, all the cows have good access to water, but in one of them, I saw what looked like the rump of a calf, like sticking up and it, it wasn't that old or like it wasn't from the death wasn't that long ago. And I did have a little rope in the, in the four wheeler I was driving. And it like, when I threw it, it probably went out to like, if you completely unwound it and didn't have a loop in it or nothing like that, it probably went out like 25 feet. But this calf's like nearest part was like at 22 feet. You didn't want to just go swim out and get him? No, because it's a really shallow <laughs> pond. And my mom talked about seeing a giant gator somewhere on the property. And like, I got my pistol. I'm fine on land. But in the water, that's their territory. And as everything gets drier, they're all congregating yes, in a few areas. The, there's more alligator per square foot of water the drier that it is. And, uh, yeah, I like, gave it like three little faggoty on my tippy toes on the water bank. Eh! <laughs> <laughs> like extending it as hard as I can. The rope just flaccidly slaps <laughs> on like a foot away from it. And I'm just like, I'm going to come back tomorrow with a longer rope. That's what I'm going to do. Or a big hook or something like that get the body out of there but uh nope not not getting in the yeah take a, you can get like a weighted treble hook and a fishing pole dude all right ranch question for you what is some of the it's like we talked about dumb gum gun things like what's some of the dumber things you had to do in ranch work like with wild animals or with okay so there's a pond Okay. Over there between yeah. <laughs> guys, he's got it. I know y'all can't see it on camera. He's got a very excited look in his eyes. This, all right, all right. Lay we it have on a me. pond like that goes between our pasture and our hayfield. Oh, there's and a the, fence straddling the pond, right through the middle of it. Yeah, okay. Rather than you know build a fence around it with some gates or you know one side or the other. Nah. Yeah, right through the middle of it, which has been dug out repeatedly. So then about every two. Three, so like, so I'm, like uh, every, hang on, hang on, hang on. Help, help me out. Help me out. Is this just strands of barbed wire with posts that are in the, once you get like, it's like for people to imagine on dry ground, you got these posts that's holding the wire. Everything's good. When you're going into a pond and there's a bank, especially in Florida, the bottom of the pond is soft sand. Yeah. So you can't, you have to put things to weigh well, it down here, or here's how you have to do special shit in water with fences. Anyways. Yeah. So when they, they the big pond and they put it across, we had to, um, Did, were uh, they using anything besides wire and posts? Yeah. There's wire and posts in it, but like, uh, last time we got super dry like this, like 20 years ago, they dug yeah. out, they dug out the pond, but they just dug it from both sides. So there's a ridge through the center of it, but the ridge no. is like underwater. It, it's underwater, but it's only like six feet wide. 
and it's still deep enough for to be able to, so you can still put the posts and stuff in. When you're standing on it, how deep is it? Like when ankle deep? It, no, it's still like waist deep when it's really dry and low. So that way, so there's, so the wire is like massive from the edges all the way down from the water rising so much. So okay. down real low, um, all the wire rusts out and it's got to then be yeah. restrung. Yeah. So that's still way steep. So I've you better not be using that gaucho boy. You know how many times I've, I've walked across and I'm just dragging this like roll of oh. wire through the water. There's turtles and gators, but it was about four or five years ago. There's like a seven foot gator in the pond, and I'm with my dad, and he's like, "I'll sit on the tailgate with the rifle, and you go in. The, like, you go in the water. You go in there. Your dad is early Kyler. Dude. He's like, I'll shoot him if he starts coming at you. He's like." <laughs> And Once he a, starts coming at you, he took a photo. There's a photo of me in the pond, like like titty deep, like hammering this fence in, and the gator just sitting over there looking at me. <laughs> How far away? Oh, he's he's not he's not far enough away. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what am I gonna do? Tell my father no. Who's also well, got a gun? Yeah, well, your dad's got a gun. You going out there now? Fix that fence. <laughs> yeah. So skit. <laughs> it was at that moment I realized like this is one of the dumber things I've done in life. Jesus, that's pretty dumb. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I've had a lot. I'll see if I can find the photo and yeah, share it. Uh, one of the things I did uh, out east where where I used to live at, at the old property. Uh, it was a giant cattle ranch, a lot, a lot of flatlands with some low-lying flag ponds and a big dike system, big levee system with, like, real low lands. But uh, it was, like, the wet time, and pretty much when it's wet out there, everything's wet. There's puddles everywhere. And it's like there is this lowland that kind of turns into a flag pond when it's really wet, but it's not even, like, uh, and when I say flag pond, I mean shallow pond. But, like, around here, it's if you get a flag pond, the bottom turns to like silty muck. This is never a flag pond long enough to have that silty muck. It's just a little low area. So we're pushing cows and it's like me and Poncho and like six other cowboys. And we're pushing like, I don't even think that we were pushing a smaller group towards a larger group, but we had to cut through that little, through that little divot where this flag pond is and the cows go through no problem. And me and Johnny Mac, my horse go through Dude, right underneath my horse, alligator just decides, fuck you, I'm going to freak out. And he goes crazy, horse goes crazy in bucks. And like, it, it, I had a good grip on the horse. It didn't even buck hard enough to like try to throw me off. It was just bucking like, oh shit, there's a gator underneath yeah. me. This ain't fun. And it was like eight foot. It wasn't, it wasn't like a gigantic monster or anything. But I was like, if I fall off, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, I'm having a bad day. It's one of those, oh, you start rethinking your life choices. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's funny about work. It's about life in, in general. But, like, you have this near-death experience, and then it's like, all right, what are you doing? Push the cows, you idiot. And it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just had a little whoopsie back there. Just a little, sorry, my, just, just pick some oopsie daisies. My, my, my soul left my body for five seconds. How dare I? Let me, let me get back. And you got to. You get, like, you got to get back to pushing the cows, or else everything will screw up, and you got to start back over. Or not start all the way back over, but something similar. Uh, but yeah, that gator probably. I need to up my gun selection, but I'm probably just gonna go with the good old fashioned sneak up on him with a 12 gauge slug, and make sure just pff, he's gone. Then get the calf body out of there, because um, I've never had. You know what? Well, I think we said it before. There's like in our town, there's been one person that's been bit by a gator that we know of, and their kids down at the the Peace River. 
boat ramp. ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a Gardner boat ramp right yeah. over here. I don't even think they died or anything like I that. I don't even think they were locals. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think it was just like a little nibble, just like, man, hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, but They're water puppies. It's funny, when I was younger, I wasn't scared of gators at all. Now that I'm older, I'm like, y'all are dinosaurs in the water. Oh, I tell you, one other horrible thing I had to do on ranch for ranch work, when I was living at the Texas ranch, We've, I've talked about the flood we had. I think I did a couple episodes ago. That was like the worst one in 500 years. Well. Yeah, what is it with you and just supernatural disasters and floods? That, I, I, You remember the very first episode? Dude, this is how awesome that lady's theory was. It really knows its way into my head. Very, I don't even know if we published this, but the very first episode, that, yeah, cause it was called Chariots. I talk about where the lady told me about how uh, you get to pick what life you have like before you're born or whatever. And I'm like, that's crazy hippie lady. But then later on I started thinking about it. I'm like, Oh, there's some, there's, there's some fun thoughts to this whole thing. Maybe my guy, my soul was just like, let's accidentally just screw some stuff up. Yeah. Like a hundred year flood in Texas. Yeah. hundred year flood, in 500 year flood. Five, they, they were very specific. Yeah. About and it. then we went above the hundred year mark here. So you've been in two, 500 year. It's cool. Chaos. You need to move. (laughs) No, but while I was over there, so it got like, you know, I described the Texas ranch, got a third of it up on high ground, a third of it's like sloping down, a third of it's bottom. Well, the bottom borders a river, and along the river there's a giant levee, dam, dike, whatever you want to call it, that, that borders this, so the river, when it goes up and down, doesn't flood into the ranch. Well, in this once every 500-year flood, the levee breaks, as Led Zeppelin says. Water flows through. We've got like a thousand, not thousand, like a 800-acre lake now that like we see. I, I took a John boat over uh, bob wire fences, like six foot over bob wire fences. Got the cows out of there. Anyways, when all this water drains off, finally months later, and we've had pumps going to pump water out, we fixed the levee, there's been one problem. Uh, the water that we've been pumping out has been going to a low spot. At that low spot is where all the fish have been going, and the pump is starting to get clogged with fish. And out of an 800-acre lake, it's all been converted to down to like less than a quarter of an acre. And it had been there for days in the Texas summer. And the pump was jammed. And there was no way to get the pump out. And my grandfather was visiting. He owned the ranch. He was visiting. I was working out there. I was raising my daughter. Had had her mom with me at the time. And <laughs> my mom was visiting. And he goes, well, I think the only way we can get that out is uh, for someone to get in there and get it. And it's like me and two Texas cowboys. And they are like, yeah, we'll have to find somebody to get in there and get it. And I'm like. I wonder who. Yeah, and I'm just like, all right, let's. Let- and I remember, like, I inched my way. And, like, dude, whenever... So, like, we're up on a levee, and as you walk down the levee, there's, like, dry Texas clay dirt, kind of. But then, like, when you get to where the water was, it just starts turning slick. It just starts all turning... Like, the bottom of a flag pond for us. It just starts turning, and I start sliding and sliding. And It's nothing like gross yet. It's just kind of yucky mud. That's it. No big deal. As I get down to where, like, the pump head, is, or the end of it, is, like, in this soup. And I'm just like, all right, this is going to be okay because I'm going to go immediately and like hose off afterwards. As long 
as I keep that, like, I'm just going to hug some dry land and just reach in with my arm <laughs> and grab this big... Did, me- did it go like that? I, like, I reached in and I didn't, like, even really look. <laughs> I remember I remember going, this is going to be purely through feel. Some stuff's still alive in there, poor things. Uh, and I reach in and I feel metal. I feel like the... Because, you know, like a pump line, it's like a uh, almost like a fire hose material. Yeah. And then it goes out, and then you got this big metal pump head, like, at the end of the line that sinks down to the bottom. But I can actually, like, feel the metal ridge on it. I actually, like, have a, my hand on the handle. I'm like, oh, it's going to be all right. And, like, I, like, grab some, like, clay, and I go, and I start pulling, and it's coming, and I'm pulling. And then, like, dude, the, the thing, like, the bank I'm resting my body on gives. Mm. And it goes from, like, it went from, like, my elbow to, like, Almost my wrist, like I'm seeing the metal come out to like the stuff my knees and my other arm is resting on starts giving way. Not all at once, but in a way to enough make, for you to know. Uh-oh. Enough for me to go. Uh, and like I go, I can't let go of this or else it'll drop even deeper. And, I, and I'm more screwed. So like I grab that and it's like all at once I try to like heave ho and grab some more land. But as I do, it just comes out from under me and I slip and fall in and it goes i remember it like like first of all immediately legs waist belly chest and i'm like i still got it and like dude my fingers if it was wood my fingernails would have been breaking off but it was clay like i dig my fingers in i'm like no (laughs) no and it comes like right up to my chin like right up and i'm like and i inch like i'm putting my the toes of my boots into the side of the wall i'm doing everything i'm not letting go of this damn pump and like inch my way out and pull out and just fall down (laughs) i'll never forget my grandpa's dead now but he goes Good job. We'll see you at the house. Burn. <laughs> just takes off. And I'm like, uh, 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 woof. Woof. I'm just pretty much butters from South Park. Just, uh. So that was, yeah, that was one uh, rant. Like, it, Don't get me wrong. There's probably like a dozen more stories like that. But like as horrible as that is, that's just ranch life. And when I see some of these videos from, like, really third world countries where I see I'm like, oh, like, you know, while I've taken a shower and I've in my clean clothes, I look at it. And I go, oh, how disgusting of a life Then I go back like, well, if someone took like a five minute video of me at my worst times, I probably shouldn't say that on record. Yeah, it's it's there's some dirty stuff you got to do on a ranch. And that sucks. But the other parts are cool. Anyways, back to the other thing I said, I think I'm going to shoot a gator. Merce, serious question. What is the best practical, cannot stress practical enough, firearm for a ranch hand? For a ranch hand? And well, you're shooting, the, you're just, shooting the gator, not me. Just on a just, ranch. You know, for FWC's purposes. Listening. It ain't a calf. Kiss my ass. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not doing anything. It's endangering my property. There you go. There's a, Thank you, lawyer boy. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, just a good old, like, beat around rifle. Well, like, I think, that. like, we got a hog problem. I need to get some hogs. Um, but I also want it, like, you know, I'm really thinking an AR-15. And not even, like, I'm not a crazy AR guy. By idea. Like, I like guns, but I'm not a I'd gun nut like, like a, I see on Twitter. My go-to would be, like, just, like, a 30-30, like, iron sight, ranch, just just something you're going to throw in, and like, a, well, like, like, a, s- like, from a pawn shop, like, something you're just going to beat the crap out of. 
It's going to get rusty. It's going to get nasty. Just something you could always throw in and out of everything. You have a good point on that. That's that's what I would look at is just your practical. Well, like, what would you go for? Lever lever action? or Yeah, yeah something <laughs> like that. Something you're going to get the tractor with. You know, something you don't care about. If you want to go up a little bit, then, I mean, then it's kind of dealer's, dealer's choice. Because right. the, the only downside to the 3030 is, you know, I don't, like, the past year, you see a coyote out there a couple hundred yards, you can't No, nah, it's it. too big of a damn bullet. Yeah, you're not going to. Unless you're around. shooting like artillery, just aim Yeah, it. anything over 100 <laughs> yards. Yeah. It's, it's a good brush gun. Yeah. Um, me and my brother Matt were talking. Like, dude, I, I, I got an iron, like, I use iron sight 22250. Okay. Lever action. If you had to pick, what what about between an AR and an AK? America, America, AR. <laughs> you you go you go the, the I like it as the AK the one thing the communists produce that's amazing. I mean nothing's yeah. nothing's killed more communists. Um, I'm joking. That, I mean I'm not joking. <laughs> communists that's a, killed more communists. <laughs> probably with AK 47s yeah. but it is a sweet machine they made. Um, but no, I don't know. You, or I mean, like I said, if you're kind of going the AR-15 roundish, you could look at the Mini-14. I'm saying this the, as a... Which is literally the Ruger Ranch Rifle, is what it's called. Is that the one that looks like a little smooth carbine that looks like yeah. you can like put a mod? Like, it's almost got like that rail system on top, but it's almost got like that smooth yep, stock of a... that's the Mini-14 Ranch okay. Rifle. Because it's semi-automatic. What, like, magazine stock, what does it come with? Uh, the I mean, st- magazine, like, stock, like the regular one that comes like with it. Four, like a five six round but you can buy a banana clip for it okay that works yeah. all right like it's yeah it's bottom load you can yeah. buy a banana clip okay all right cool yeah maybe that i gotta kill this gator it got one of our calves fwc it got one of our calves um and i ain't getting no license uh that is such a like I, i've aired off on it before yeah. but that, that it's, damn it's on your property yeah it should be your property in yeah. my opinion Kiss an alligator in like a public waterway a river i could get it but he's in my pond <laughs> yes it, uh anyways so yeah that, that's what the hell's been going on with us lately dude we haven't talked current events in a while uh it's because it just keeps getting worse it and does it's, depressing. it's some some of the wilder shit that's happened i mean we've had our domestic issues you know i i hear both sides blowing up over, like, the trans issue and, like, different, the Bud Light to CMT to Tennessee crazy shit. To, and all of this, you know, I almost look at it like... I'm still trying to figure out why. I Not think, why people are mad, but, like, why is this instant, the last few months just getting shoved down here, but, like, why is it everywhere? I think for the same reason there is a large... <laughs> it's not the only reason. But I think one of the large reasons is for the same large reason reason that abortion is such a political debate. Now here's the thing. Both sides, I think on both those issues on both those issues have some like like leaving people the fuck alone with their own business and not like throwing it on it and demanding other people change their lives around what you want. Whether you're conservative or liberal, take that either way you want. But I think it is used as sort of what Noam Chomsky said. Who I got his name right. I'm happy about it. I've, got, I've re-listened to episodes. I always get his name wrong. Noam Chomsky was this uh, journalist from the 70s and 80s. And he was like very left-wing in how he didn't like corporations. How he thinks there should be a socialist government. But it, taking that out of it, the man had some like brilliant observations. One of them was, and this is to answer your question, why have this dramatic 
public argument. And what he, what he said was, how the power elites benefit is by having a very intense and vigorous debate that is confinedly kept to a very small margins and have both those margins screaming crazy at each other but make everything outside the margins not count. And like one of his examples of this was, uh, I think, spending was like, uh, or for like bailing out corporations. Like he said, you know, the Republic, back then, you got to remember, this is like the 80s or something like that. He would say, well, the Republicans want to cut uh, corporate tax by 5% and the Democrats want to raise the corporate tax rate by 7%. And they'll, you know, the Republicans will call the Democrats communists for wanting to raise it seven. And the Democrats will call the Republicans fascist or backwards for wanting to cut it by five and say they hate the homeless or whatever you hear. And they'll crank up those claims to intensity, but no one will ever talk about while the, while it's that loud of an argument between that negative five or plus seven, you'll never hear about the negative hundred or plus hundred yeah. or anything outside. Like it's all, I, I feel with abortion, like the abortion debate is should the federal government control and subsidize this or not? Or no, no, hang on. Hang on. Let me rephrase that. Should the, should the federal government control and and take your money to pay for this or should this be outlawed like that's the two arguments and it's not like oh, you don't really ever hear the argument of what about like i can just judge the shit out of you for it and you don't take my money for it like you know like some yeah. kind of like however you personally feel about it. if you don't believe it should be legal like i i see I, i'm not even knocking that we've talked about it before shit's sake i'm not even knocking that side of it but like you, you have a case but i'm just like it's it's always clouded with these other things attached to it these other conditions with this perspective that one side or the other has to uh, a great example of this is uh i, I think i think it was jimmy Dorn on bill maher like another great example when it comes to places like syria you know that's been in the news lately but it's like the Republicans will argue, or the Democrats will argue, we need to bomb the living shit out of Syria. And the Republicans will argue, no, we just need to bomb Syria. Like, yeah. there is no, like, anywhere, like, we're not going to do this, or we're going to absolutely just take over the country 100%. Yeah, if I was a Syrian, I'd hate us. Because there is, I'm not going to say profit. I mean, profit's a part of it. But there is incentive in not, solving these issues yeah it keeps nasty people that are already in power it keeps them in power because we're still arguing about this dumb shit that doesn't matter that really like it, sure it does matter to us differently in, in our personal lives but it do, when it comes to taking my money it doesn't matter that damn much <laughs> none of this does i mean that's my like little extremist part of it but yeah. even like even the middle, I think you can make that argument. So that's, that is what I believe to answer your question. What's the point of all this? I believe we're so it's to trans. So we're seeing the trans stuff everywhere because we're bailing out the banks. Yes. 
is, is basically what you're, is basically what you're saying. Like, dude, yes, it's become politicized because like, dude, like literally after the, I've, I've said it before the, uh, March on wall street, the, yeah, whatever the hell it was, smelly hippies of the early two thousands, uh, Occupy Wall Street. That was it. Like, dude, when they started going after the bankers, the bankers were like, uh, we're going to start funding a bunch of left-wing shit and make it hyper-political so y'all will get off our back. And they were like, all right. Well, the the dumb ones were like, all right. The actual, like, really good lefties, like Jimmy Dore, even like you said, like Russell Brand, they might have bought into it for a little bit, but they were eventually like, no, y'all are just paying us, paying lip service to, like, this fringe leftist social view but you're like making it like a Marriott commercial. You're making it made. You're making it like okay with killing babies by the end yeah. of the day. Um, I know that's extremist, but whatever. Speaking of extremist shit, um, just the natural wor- world right now. Uh, Merce, what the hell's going on with the U.S. dollar? Oh, it's going to poop. <laughs> hey, stocks are still on fire, correct? Yeah. Yeah. How's how's crypto doing? Uh, it's doing okay until the SEC once again meddles with it. And yeah. Then it, like, it's, it kind of tries to rebound, seems like it's doing good, and then it's like, oh, it's it's performing well? No, we're going to come flag you something to make it go back down again. Well, I saw that the petrodollar ain't doing so hot. The petrodollar is just slowly getting eroded And do people are going around it and People not are realizing that they don't, countries are realizing they don't need it. And... Dude, like on one hand, you know how like I remember it like four years ago. I read this article from Thor Bishop that I hate on quite a bit. Um, him because he's like I don't I don't know. He's a weird kind of Republican. I digress. He shared a good article, and it was how uh, the U.S. is starting little by little to impose more regulations on crypto and more. In China, that was notorious for cracking down on crypto. What four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Is now like in Hong Kong, they're like, hey, actually, now that the US is starting to crack down on it, we're going to start opening it back up. Yep. And it's like, ooh, yeah. that is weaponizing some currency. And, and they're not weaponizing the currency, they're weaponizing reactions to the currency. Yep. And I'm like, brilliant play. If that's what they're doing, I don't know. I could be in way over my head with what I'm saying on that. The little, but- the little bit I've been following or seeing, I was like, this isn't going to bode well for us. No, so if I do buy back into crypto, I'm going to follow his advice. And it's been my gut. Ever since Robin Hood screwed with investments, yeah, that one like two years ago, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, ever since then, and I think I just sold. It was during the crypto boom. And I made, right. I made a little bit of change and sold out. But I said, the next time I buy in, I will get a cold wallet and I will not be using any of these damn app stores that have to answer to the U.S. government. And that's Coinbase. That's... Uh, Robin Hood, that's, oh, meh. Nuh-uh. I want to be one. Unfortunately, you have to use the exchange, though, to get it to the cold wallet. But then once it's offline, then it's safe and gone. It's not like you can just go to Bitcoin.com and send it straight No, but there, there's a way to do it. I'm just not smart enough to follow it yet, and I don't have the time, nor the money. And I'm talking about buying guns. I've hardly got the money. I've just that, scattered mine to multiple places, but I don't have any... Shake, I know I just haven't done it yet. Shakes the dice. Come on, tax return. Yeah. Roll. Uh, so, yeah, and what? I know China and Russia uh, uh, met up and had, like, a joint summit. But Yeah, there's something I need. To, I really need to look into. It. The me BRICS, too. The BRICS, it's their, like, new alliance pack. They're all working around together. And I think Mexico's in on it now. And basi- yeah. Yeah, it's, a basic, it's like, basically, like, like other NATO. 
It's like going to be Axis and Allies again. But it's almost like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Oh, it's dude. almost like we just need to stay away from entangling dude, alliances. Did you see the Axis of Evil thing? Dr. Evil? No, 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 no. The, uh, who shared this? Was it Glenn Greenwald? Who's like a great, great lefty uh, journalist that lives in Brazil. But like he was, he, he blew the WikiLeaks. He, he's not Julian Assange, but he's helped out quite a bit with uh, WikiLeaks and some other stuff. But Glenn Greenwald re- released this thing. He screen capped it where it was all of the new, like all the different news stations from Fox News to CNBC to CNN. And I think they were all saying Russia, China, and Me- possibly even Mexico make new axis of, uh, could be the another new axis of evil. And they're all just saying the same shit yeah. out. And it's like, how convenient. Yeah, that they're all just echoing the same thing in unison, like one after the. Uh, I was gonna say though, it's gonna be another axis right, and allies, but I don't know that we're gonna be the allies. All right, another thing you went and like I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I give just as much as shit about trans people as I do about Mexicans, as I do about white people. About I, I don't give a shit. I don't <laughs> I don't, really shit about anybody. It's same, except for people like I care for, and everyone else go pound sand. However. As you say that to our entire listening audience. Like, everybody, yeah. Oh, if y'all are listening to me, yeah, y'all are cool, too. Y'all are in with the gang. Everyone else, yeah. Um, unless, like, I'm doing trade with you or what? Screw that philosophy. We've talked about it before. Anyways, what I'm getting at is you asked, like, why do they, why is there all this, like, political chargedness around? I, I gave my long-winded explanation. But another reason is, another reason that it really benefits them to have this intense political divisiveness to very easily easily held solutions with problems with easily held solutions is because whenever they're having all that fighting, but then something like, oh, China's the bad guy, they all go, oh, hey, guys, listen, I know we fight a lot, but we all hold hands and we all get together and sing Kumbaya when it comes to the big bad China because we, we care about human rights, damn it. Uh, <laughs> Just like we care about children at Waco, like like it's 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 insane. And it it they they get you, whichever side you feel about that subject, you become more comfortable with that side, and you'll excuse this little shit, which is actually the big shit. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. What, what I think it was George Carlin, the old comedian, that said. Uh, is he the, the guy with the ponytail? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's he's awesome. Uh, he was absolutely awesome, but he said, uh, the Republicans are full of shit and the Democrats are full of shit. But let me tell you, whenever you have bipartisan legislation, the amount of shit it is full of will blow your mind to means you will not believe. The bailouts, all the banker bailouts are across the board. Like, they all hold hands and cool. Oh, we, I know we dis, we, I think you're a communist and you think I'm a fascist, but guys, we can get together and help these poor bankers that, have not learned their lesson no. ever and do the same crap and yeah. 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 It's all useful distraction. What was that it? video you sent me that the one head lady that was like part of um the SEC or something, she was just roll or no, she was like the Bank of America's head Yeah, oh, and it's talking about internal corruption. Or yeah, and something. she literally was just going right into to the government or something. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a um they it, it, what it is it's a banking committee meeting, I think, on the federal level. It might be on some state level, but I think it's the federal level. And uh, they're like, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to welcome Janet into regulating this banking sector or whatever. And she, and they're like, uh, 
but you know, she just came from Bank of America, and uh, you know that's going to do us all a lot of favors. And yeah, and, we're going to miss her. Like, yeah, 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 and it's all like wink, wink, nod. We're about to fuck everybody, right? Yeah, yeah baby, yeah, we are. And it's like, oh god, y'all suck. So all this stuff they can sing kumbaya about. What bombing Syria? China's the bad guy. Russia's the bad guy. Those are the worst bad guys in history. But I, I put this poll on Twitter. What city has most negatively affected your life that you can directly correlate it to? Would it be Beijing? Would it be Moscow? Or would it be Washington, D.C.? By a lot! It's Washington, D.C. And I got to fact check myself on one thing. I'm sorry, everybody. It's a little bit doom and gloom. You know, I said, like, we're, and in a lot of ways, we got to realize we are freer than our ancestors were in a lot of ways. But if there's something that, like, totally made me eat crow on that, like, just blanket fact. Have, uh, did you see that thing I shared on Twitter? It was the uh, U.S. incarceration rate since the 20s. No. A percent of the population. Dude, in the 20s, it's like this. And then in the 50s, it gets like like a... So it starts out like a millimeter. It gets to, like, an inch in the 50s. Then in the 80s, it just goes, boom, explodes like a trumpet. Like just, and it's like, it's quadru- more than quadrupled what it was of the, of our, when our, when my dad was young in the 50s. Well, the prison system itself is a massive moneymaker. Oh, dude. Yeah. And the private prisons lobby, yeah, what, yeah. yeah, lobbied the government to make more petty laws that they can lock up people for. And it's like, it's, uh. <laughs> Because they can have legal slavery where they pay people $2 an hour. And I, yeah, and they go do work, and then... I've seen the dumb slap forehead criticism on Twitter of, like, this should disprove libertarians. It's, it's like, y'all approve private prisons. It's like, no, you dumb bitch, we're not cool with prisons. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a debtor's prison. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> under, under some really special conditions. They're like, that's as close, to, that's much better than what we got now. Yeah. Uh, Good lord, I don't know how. I think I think it either just go ahead and just swift execution, or it's like one year hard, like it's just hard labor, and then back. Dude, speaking of the awesome prison system, all right. Uh, if anyone out there has any free time, uh, and y'all haven't already, I cannot recommend enough for the next month while it's still on YouTube and free before it goes behind a paywall. Uh, Dave Smith's interview with Jose Galison of No Way Jose. Uh. And what this guy is, he is like, he's probably not the most foremost expert on the Oklahoma City bombing, but he's kind of like, you know, some of these people, not even about that, but even like if you listen to like military historians or something like that, they like have such an in-depth knowledge of what they're talking about that you casually listening to it can like barely keep up. There's a lot of stuff in the Oklahoma City bombing that like kind of does that. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, and a lot of minds. Uh, but no, the, Jose Galison does a very good every man's understanding, everyday man's understanding of what happened. And they had this discussion because he's been blowing it up. He was That's on, like a, like in the videos, I look for the comments where somebody's like, Just explain this to me like I'm five. <laughs> he does a very good job of doing that. And I've gone like a couple of times talking about Terrence Cheeky, who was that first responder. Who I might have been wrong about him starting a boy's big sister, big brothers club whatever but my but he was the first responder that killed himself by shooting himself in the head after he drug himself through the glass 
grass and stabbed himself in a car. And it's impressive. Yeah, I'm picturing like uh, in Fight Club when Edward Norton is like fighting himself and he's like dragging like along the ground. Dude, all crazy. It, it would have put that scene to shame. Yeah, like by what happened by the official story. So like, dude, I knew there was other stuff around Oklahoma City, but really that Tarantino stuff like freaked me out. No, nah, so there's much. not. Oklahoma's a bear. Yes, but this particular bombing incident, at oh. least. That one. <laughs> uh, that part of Oklahoma City history. So, <clears throat> you know, Timothy McVeigh <clears throat> was the main culprit. But, and this was neat, I was listening to, like, that the expert that Jose had listened to, the guy that lived there at the time. And it's verified. Like, the first, during the manhunt, and I can't remember if it lasted multiple weeks or multiple months, but throughout the first chunk of it, they're also they're looking for someone like they have an artist sketch of Timothy McVeigh and it looks exactly like Timothy McVeigh. I mean, like dead dead center. Uh, they also have a drawing of this John Doe number two, and this John Doe number two kind of has like a a real. I joke that I kind of have a Stan Marsh from American Dad jawline. Like this guy, like for real, has got like the square. Jo- Is it Stan Marsh? Not Stan Marsh. Who's no, that's Stan Marsh is from South, South Park. Park. Stan Smith. Stan Smith. This guy legit has the Stan Smith uh, jawline. Uh, like I showed you a picture of him. Bandana, right. big, huge. Di- it is a drawing that looks exactly like this guy, whose name is uh, Kenneth Trinidou. Like as if, if like the drawings were from a picture like that. Almost. Candid- but now here's the thing. I got to tell Tim. So for the first like two months of our first big chunk of this manhunt for Timothy McVeigh. They're also looking for this John Doe number two that like over 30 people I witnessed as well as Timothy McVeigh. Right. So about halfway through the start, once they find Timothy McVeigh, or it might even be before they find Timothy McVeigh, the FBI just kind of stops looking for John Doe number two. They quit putting warning posters out. They just stop all investigation into who this guy was. There's never a, uh, they catch a guy. There's never uh, ongoing nothing. They just stop. They focus it all on Timothy McVeigh. Cause they catch Timothy McVeigh. We got video of that, right? And then oh, they got executed. Um, so here's the thing. Kenneth Trentadu was in prison in Oklahoma City at the time. He, like a little quick backstory on Kenneth. He was a Vietnam vet. He got addicted to heroin while he was in Vietnam. Uh, came back, got arrested for it. Uh, got locked up on probation or got, got out, got put on probation. And one of his conditions on probation was that he had to be totally sober. And he was like, listen, I don't know if he actually said this, but pretty much he was like, I'm gonna be straight up with y'all. I'm no longer doing drugs, but uh, I'm still going to drink beer. And they're like, no, you can't do that. That's a violation of probation. He goes, I'm violating probation then. Cause I'm, I'm drinking beer still, but I'm done with heroin. I'm done with all that. He gets a, uh, he's still on pro. He gets in some trouble on probation for that. But, he has a Mexican wife and he gets arrested violating probation one more time coming back into the U S from Mexico. Cause he was where I, they assume out of country visiting his wife. wife's family. Right. So he gets arrested and sent to prison in Oklahoma city for this violation of probation. Right. Leaving, leaving the, probably leaving the country without telling yeah. anybody. So anyways, his wife and multiple other people say, and also multiple other prisoners say how he's like really changed and how he's reformed his life now he can't wait to get home and see his wife and his kids waiting on him and stuff like that uh and he's telling his wife 
they have some kind of sweet deal for him where he's going to be able to get out early if he follows some special plan that they got. Hmm. Okay? So then Oklahoma City bombing happens, right? Fast forward to them looking for John Doe number two. It is a couple of weeks into it. Kenneth Trinidou, as they as the official story goes, kills himself in his prison cell. Now he does it in like how how it's explained in the in the they, they have it well backed up with documents. It's almost like a Jeffrey Epstein cell. Like it's really hard to kill yourself in one of these damn things. Like it's a really safe cell block or whatever. Uh, and he supposedly hung himself, but whenever the family came in to look at his body, which like it was odd because he wasn't any hints of suicide or anything like that. He had massive bruises all over his body and where, and his hands had like his wrist were like almost tied to like, if they were zip tied, right? Like it was to the point where it was almost like breaking skin. And it really seemed like the guy got beaten to death Mm. in his prison cell. So, the FBI takes on the case. Of course. Of course. Good guys. And they declare suicide, and they ask the family. They go, hey, would you like to cremate the body? And the family goes, uh, no, actually, we'd like to have an autopsy. And the FBI says, okay. They go to the uh, mortician, and the mortician's on, on record with all this, and they go, hey, can you cremate the body? And the mortician goes, well... I'll ask the family. And they go, don't, don't do that. Should you, and he goes, like, the mortician gets pissed off. He goes, no, I, I will do this if the family requests it. But if not, I'm not doing it. Well, for some reason, like, the FBI, like, whenever he goes to do the autopsy, he's not allowed in the room with federal investigators. And he's like, he's like, they have to, like, be left alone with the body for, like, one hour or something. Like, he goes, and he's like, I was pretty much not allowed to do my autopsy. Uh, by the way, this very mortician would die a week later due to poisoning before oh. before he could testify. So anyways, all right, Kenneth Trinidou, guy dead on the table. His brother happens to be like, the, have the opposite life. He becomes a high power attorney. And like how Kenneth had a lot of don't give a fuck, like I'm going to drink beer on probation, I don't care. His brother does like the legal version of not giving a fuck and is like, I'm dedicating my life to going after the FBI for killing my brother. So he takes them to court for a million dollars. And when he accuses them of tampering with evidence and they are like under oath have to say whether or not they did tamper with evidence, their, uh, their answer is like, quote, it was within our right to do what we did. Like, they did not say, like, they wouldn't, or he won a million dollars. He used that to further, like, build his, build, funnel money for his case to fight the uh, FBI. And he was calling in two of Kenneth's, you know, I said his jail cell mates, or old jail mates or whatever, friends from prison were like, no, like, he was really excited about getting out. Well, Kenneth's brother was going to have them testify of, like, uh, uh, to that. The as soon as he gets them to agree to testify, within I think it's three days, one of them dies of a drug overdose. In prison. In prison. But what you can get drugs in yeah, prison. Yeah, You're like but, you, you can. But it seems but like it's hard what, to get that much drugs. Within two weeks, the other one dies of a heart attack. Hmm. And it's like, and as they pointed out, they're like, dude, maybe the mortician like had some enemy that really wanted him dead. Maybe the one guy actually did die of a drug overdose. 
Maybe the one the other guy did die of a heart attack. He goes, but for this all to happen around this point. Now, now here's the kicker to like all this. Kenneth Trinidu is the spitting image of John Doe number two. Like right. when you compare the drawing to him, like there and the, the conspiracy is this was a massive psyop. And this was a and like you gotta consider hang on, hang on let me let me finish on Kent Trinidu. We're we're at last uh we're at last kind of left off. I, I think the brother was still pursuing, but there's been like so uh, everything about the case just smells from between the ATF and the FBI. Uh, and you know, why, as they ask on there, like, this is deep. Now, everything I just said, as best as I can recall is like fact, you can look it up yourself. If you search Kenneth Trinidad, do, do it on something besides Google. Cause Google gave me a hard time finding stuff on this guy, but like brave search engine did, uh, like I was kind of explaining, I was going all schizo on my mom explaining this to her. She goes, all right, but what, like, what purpose is there behind doing this? It's like, all right. Back up the timeline. First, you have the ATF on, like, I can't remember if this was specifically their, like, kind of insider baseball for Ruby Ridge. But I think a lot of it was, like, we want to prove how important of an organization we are. And they, we matter. We matter. We're going to show it to everybody. Boom, Ruby Ridge happens. And they're like, oh, we can, ma-. and, you know, hang on, hang on. When, when Ruby Ridge happened, like, before that, there's starting to be kind of a militia movement. Then it's mostly a right-wing militia movement in the country of people like ultra-constitutionalists who are like starting to not really recognize federal government authority. And, right. they're, and they're, whether, whether uh, uh, brazenly or just kind of softly are kind of like, we're, we're questioning a lot of this. So they do Ruby Ridge. In response to Ruby Ridge, Google that if you don't know what it is. Yeah, bunch- that is... That's a bonkers that in, story. That in itself is just... The, the official narrative is insane, like, if it, if it happened that way. The react the Ruby Ridge is so bad, the reaction to it is more malicious. <laughs> like, more malicious are formed in the U.S., and the ATF goes, oh, shit, we messed that up. We've really got to make up for this. Waco! <laughs> <laughs> Waco happens. And, it's just like just repeatedly dropping and, the ball. And it's been like no... I've, I can't remember what I'm pulling this from, so, like, you know, deal with it. Call me out on it if I'm wrong on it. But I think some of the insider baseball is, like, we really need to make up for Ruby Ridge, so we're going to catch this, these bad guys with all these guns in Waco. So then Waco happens, and after Waco, like, the the militia movement in the United States was at an all-time high in terms of numbers. Like, they're getting formed in every state, and not like uh, – I'm not trying to romanticize it. It's not like a bunch of badass patriots that are about to take on Washington, D.C. It's mostly fags LARPing with AR-15s. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. But, like, training's good. Shooting's good. But, like, I think a lot of it's just fat guys just going, when they come to my door, not over my cold, dead hands. But, you know, like any any group, they're, they're humans. They're Whatever. God bless you guys. I believe a lot of the same stuff y'all do. But, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> For the guy serious about it, don't shoot me, please. Yeah. Uh, but so like that. And then after Oklahoma City bombing happened and Timothy McVeigh was like an avowed quasi neo-Nazi, quasi like constitutional extremist, like has his own weird interpretation of shit. And after him, he was the poster child of like 
This is why this ideology is bad. Ah. This is why this idea, because it leads people to do it. And after that, militias start going away. And that was the thing. Think about, all right, think about like this. Oklahoma City bombing was the single largest that the claim was at the time. And Dave, Dave Smith brought this up. It's an excellent point. It was the single largest domestic terror incident in American history with the most number of casualties. How often did they talk about it? When we were growing up. How often they talk about that versus how much they talk about 9-11. Yeah. 9-11 was worse. It was bigger magnitude. And it was, but yeah, I can remember hearing about it, like, but I still don't remember really knowing like, dude, what it was. Over 100 or, people died. Yeah. And like in a, a kindergarten school and or like a daycare or something like that. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, dude, if, if official documents came out tomorrow and it was... There were some, I don't know, legend, not a lot, bureaucratic errors in Timothy McVeigh and this one other guy that didn't matter is like the lone wolf's responsible for it. No, I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to like disrespect or piss on any of the people that died there or anything like that. But when you see all this shit that falls out from it, from Terrence Yeeke to, to Kenneth Trinidu, to all these people around them that drop dead like flies. That's what always happens, though. I know. And it's like, that's why, I mean, it's good that people are waking up, but the notion that this is some new stuff because of something like new, I know you don't believe this, a lot of the smarter people don't, but the fact that this is something new is just, I always think, I've said it before on here, the Romans were horrific, and that was for the little smidge of power they had. That compared to our federal government and military, what Yay. would what would humans do for that power? They more than more more than a Klondike bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they definitely would would do it for a Klondike bar. Um, so I don't know. It was like a, like, and I heard. <laughs> I told you I'd find a spot. I'd find a spot to wedge it in, dude. I've been nerding out. All right, so. I've been nerding the hell out. Like every now and then my brain will get fixated on something way too hard. Whether it's a song that I'll put on repeat for hours and hours and hours every time Merce goes to work with me and every time we leave and it doesn't get old. Uh, like I get, there's, I, I saw this quote earlier this week. I believe it was from Kami Gibberish of the Day. Good for that page. Uh, but it was, uh, the quote was, uh, there are decades which nothing happens. And then there are weeks in which decades happen. Vladimir Lenin on the, on the fall of imperialist Russia and the rise of the USSR. And it's like, dude, I remember growing up, and Dave Smith again, I remember him saying something like this, but it really like solidified with me. Like in the late 90s, early 2000, before 9-11, we, I had the sense of like, history is kind of over. Like, all the stuff has happened. We've invented most of the stuff. There's this internet thing happening. The great wars have happened. Now it's just kind of cruising and finding world peace from here on out. I remember being, like, like, uh, sad that there was, like, no more, like, worlds to explore. Yeah, yeah, like, it's all been figured out. Yeah. We got it all in the bag. We got the official story. We know how history went. It's all written. There's nothing new under the sun. We, We know it all. We're good. Put it in the bag. There's just some some experts that are figuring out some of the details. 
but it's like, dude. Then 9-11 happened. I mean, we were, I was too young. I was 11 years old. But it's like, I think, that, holy shit, what Osama bin Laden did, what he put into motion was like the dominoes of like 9-11 and a Patriot Act and a country to brazenly invade and financial incentives growing bigger and bigger on keeping this shit going. And it's, that, that's why, I mean, that's why I think there's so much of this. I have my own views on certain aspects of the culture war that like I mostly keep to myself, but I believe those views are hyper aggressive, hyper inflated and imposed on the culture to fight over with the central government. Whereas nothing's being done about the main thing, the money. Like spending always goes up. Which is which is actually hyperinflated. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, that's why I kind of uh, piss on the Republicans the most because, to me because they're they're the ones going, we got to cut spending because all of these reasons that are that are true and, you know, that it's going to make the inflation and yada, yada. There's like, all right, then you get a Congress and then you get a president. What do you do? You increase the spending, you bastards. Yeah, it's the one thing like, that, that annoys me. It's like... They're always like, we're just going to raise the debt ceiling. I was like, then why, why have it? Yeah. I was like, why can't we just be like, oh, we're broke. We're shutting it down. Like, sorry. But hey, the good news. I, and I don't know, maybe it's my feed just channeling shit to me. Like channeling kind of stuff that leans Oh, you've ruined mine, so. <laughs> yeah, I've ruined his YouTube feed with dog-headed people videos. And yeah, it's, it's from, my, I guess, from our talking or different things. It is nothing but, you know, like you scroll through like reels or just, oh, I'm just going to like lay here and watch a couple funny videos for a band. Giants! Yeah, it's, it's giants or how Egypt actually was in South America. And that's why the pyramids are there too. It's just. USA! USA! Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I can't just, I can't just watch like fat people falling down anymore and. Not the same way, at least. No. No. It's all Anunnaki from here on out. Yeah, it's... <laughs> But, like, that's what gives me hope when I see things trending like national divorce. And so I know I know a majority of people don't believe in that, or even... I, I, I know probably a majority of Americans believe that is a crazy idea. And that's fine, but it's a lot less than it used to be. These ideas and the set at the end of I think it's just the rift between is getting farther. And we're accumulating more knowledge. We're talking to each other in different ways and better yeah. ways. And it's just it's a damn mind virus that's growing. And there's arguments happening that can't be supported. We saw COVID. We saw the most we saw a more expensive propaganda campaign than World War Two. Memes beat the shit out of it. Yeah. The nerdy ass Rand Paul beat the shit out of it. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if I told you about it, but I was listening. To, I was re-listening to some Shane Gillis and like his best thing. I'm not gonna try to told, like tell the whole joke, but it's like when Donald Trump first starts debating, and uh, Rand Paul is like come, like after drop, Donald Trump starts dropping elbows, Rand Paul is just like, listen, everybody, I like Rand Paul. But he's like, listen, everybody, we all need to come to our senses. We need to talk about the issues. You know, we really need to focus on this and not be so bombastic. And uh, 
the crowd would be like, shut the fuck up, nerd. The quarterback's talking. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, stupid. <laughs> he, Trump made this fun. We're going to let yeah. it be fun for now. <laughs> it's like Rand Paul is mostly right about what he was saying. He's like, ah, I guess. He goes back to his dad and he's like, dad, what, what? Ron, what what can I do to like win over the people? And Ron's like, have you tried not being a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Ron wouldn't say that, but I just pictured it in my head. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ron would. would. Maybe he's just like, yeah. He gets home and Ron just beats the crap out of him. (laughs) I'm picturing like, uh, what is it, Mr. Deeds? You're still technically my property. Mr. It's Mr. Deeds when the quarterback was cussing or whatever his dad. He's like, no, daddy, no. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that Mr. Deeds or is, is that the same quarterback from Waterboy? No, he, it's not the same quarterback because Mr. Deeds, Mr. Deeds, is he, uh, he takes over like the football team. He finds like he's going to be all have all that money. That's right. That's it's right. just a random just jockey like quarterback that cusses in front of the lady. And he calls his dad. He's like, you that, use profanity in front of a right, lady. That's right. That's right. That was good. I forgot about that. That was good. Well, guys, it's getting long. What are we at? What? How long? You've, uh, Let's you've tell the people. One hour and 37 seconds. Yee! No breaks. I mean, it might have. Yeah. Based. Yeah. I don't. I, I have, no breaks is based. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, on trains anymore. It's not based to call yourself based unless you're me. Then I can do it. No, that's gay. I'm going to stop being gay right now. Okay, guys, that's it. I'm tired. I got to get home. I'm working tomorrow. Um, follow us on... Merce, what can they follow us on? You do Again, plugs. everywhere. Just everywhere? literally everywhere. Just type in Google the Bandit Radio Hour or DuckDuckGo the Bandit Radio Hour. We're on Rumble, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much all major social media platforms. Oh, and the, yeah, the Instagram as well. The well, Twitter. What he said. And hey, commenter... Or the Dozier for, now, I guess. The Dozier? Dozier. Doge? Because Elon Musk made the Oh, the Dozier. Doge. Yeah, okay. All right. Made the Twitter logo Doge. I got you. Have a good week, guys. Cheers. Bow.